24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Spice FM, 98.8 FM.
You'll be pleased to hear, ladies and gentlemen, that Mentally Sound is not over, according to the lyrics of Must Have Been Loved by Roxette, because this is Mentally Sound. It's 12 to 2 p.m. on fri- on the second Friday and last Friday of the month, which must mean it's Mentally Sound with yours truly, Mr. Stephen Hesse, and my rather delightful um, quoted by himself as the greatest co-host in the history, <laughs> <laughs> the history of media. Um, and his mum agrees. <laughs> I, I even put on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, he made an effort today. <laughs> um, yeah, because, you know, with radio, you can just do what you like, really. Um, but, yeah, I'm super excited to be to be back. Um, not good that, to you be know, back? Yeah, I mean, obviously, good to be back as in we didn't take a break or anything. I'm just saying yeah. it feels like a very, very long two weeks as I'm about it to get has, into. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to know um, how Ricky feels um, since the last two weeks. But my life has took a, an extraordinary... Um, but I'm rather delighted to say most of it is over. Um, the the long perilous journey of attempting to move from one place to another, but flat to. I flat. think at the end of the year we'll we'll definitely look back on this year as a, as a milestone for both. Yeah, of them, won't we, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, um, I just wanted to let people know, as we mentioned, uh, this is mentally sound. If it's your first time listening, we are a mental health show. Um, so don't switch off thinking, oh my god, I'm going to get upset or depressed or whatever it may be. Um, this is just a disclaimer to say that we will talk about taboo subjects on this very show. Um, so, and we obviously point people in the right direction. Uh, we're kind of like a signpost show, I would say, mm. um, to give people the opportunity to showcase their services or talk about their own experiences. And there's a lot of laughs thrown in. Um, it, we, we try to make it as authentic as possible because that's the whole point to show that we're like sort of capable human beings because our, ourselves have uh, disorders of our own. Um, and yeah, it's just to, it's just to obviously as well educate people in a kind of non-threatening way. Um, so yeah, and it's obviously, if you've listened to this before, you'll be aware that we have, it's a very guest orientated show. Um, so I just want to let people be aware of, we have a packed show again this week, which, which is huge kudos to Ricky because he's the one who books the guests yes we have jonah who's waiting very patiently who's here from sus trans i think that's how you say it Uh, we were joking because they were laughing at my dyslexia um which is fine because i laugh at it too so if i laugh at it it's okay ladies and gentlemen um yeah so it's a cycling and walking charity so it's talking about you know just being outdoors general well-being that kind of thing you know obviously exercise is important that kind of thing uh we have matt sukel which apparently is bringing a guy called dean as well yeah um from sage gate said to talk about the stend program for accessible learning additional needs kind of thing um and dave miller from dis- disabilitymatch.co.uk which as far as i can tell i mean ricky feel free to add mm-hmm. more but um it's a d- disability and dating site uh which yeah we, we've had this discussion program. before haven't we about disabi- yes. uh, you know mental yeah disability we have privately and, we definitely um, have privately yeah yeah so um I think when I when I was researching this and uh, with with the sort of the undateable uh, program on Channel Four, it's become a bit of a phenomenon. Um, looking at vulnerable people and and finding matches matches and love and all that. Um, yeah, this this site uh, has linkage to that because I think they ask members if they want to come on it. So. I'm looking forward to that one as well. Um, it's very topical and talking about. Um, well, you know what's fun is that the, the link you sent uh, for our like you know our, you email he sends um, Ricky sends me a, a summary email that I'm looking at now and it has a, it it's a clickable link so I might have to have a look at Disability Match to cut it UK and see what it's all about. Don't, don't window shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, win- no, I'm <laughs> a window shop. Um, happily, happily with somebody. Um, but um, but no, it it does lead to and I'm sure we'll talk about this mm-hmm. more towards when David because he's going to be 
be is he late is he going to be later in the show because in the second hour yeah, yeah second hour sometime yeah uh, as well as Matt from Sage is going to be as well and as I said Jonah is going to be uh, as waiting David will be David will be calling in so yes he'll be calling in yeah so it, but what's interesting about that is and I'm, as I said I'm sure we'll talk about that more in the second hour later like mm-hmm. closer to the interview mm-hmm. is the what Ricky just touched on is me and him have talked about dating sites in particular because I've been quite honest on this show and my mm-hmm. own show um, Geek Apocalypse is that um, you know I'm, I used to do uh, dating sites. I actually met my current partner from dating sites, and it's an interesting dichotomy when they change it to a mental health site or something. You know, like a because I I actually I think I remember you getting all like well I didn't know that because it's like geek sites as well like they, they use yeah. the term like you know data geek I think it's called or there's there's a bunch of other ones where it's all about just if you're a geek you have to but. I'm, I'm is that kinda, really a thing? Data yeah, geek, is it? I think it's data, data geek or something yeah. like that. Because um, I've tried them all. I'll admit now, I don't need to worry about dating now. I'm happily with somebody, <laughs> but um, but yeah, and it, and you know, not not that dating's a terrible thing. It's mm. just it's a terrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's an expensive no. thing. Yeah, it's an expensive. <laughs> yeah, it's kissing a lot of frogs, as they say. <laughs> To get, a, to get a queen or king, um, uh, but yeah. So I'm I'm curious to I'm curious to ask. Well, about I think that. what the the crux of the previous conversations we had is is I guess it touches on stereotypes and and taboos. Is it is it wrong to suggest that someone with a condition therefore uh, meets someone else with a similar condition, therefore it's going to be an instant match? Is it too much expect on that? Um, is is that kind of wrong to suggest that? You know, when you talk about things in common, mm-hmm. usually it's sort of the good things. But then if you're, you know, does someone who has a history of self-harm necessarily going to be attracted to someone else who's had a history of self-harm? Are we being too judgmental on that? Is it is it too ridiculous to suggest that, you know, because they share such a condition, it's going to be in, an instantaneous match? Uh, I think that's going a bit far. But I think we'll we'll get more insight from David and, and see... Um, you know, in terms of success rates, what kind of people he's seen yeah. paired off in, in such ways. No, it's fascinating. And as I, as I mentioned, you might not have heard me say this, is that apparently they've got some sort of link with the Undateables, the, yeah. the program, which, as I, I generally am saying this, you know, in good faith, that uh, me and my partner watched an episode of that yesterday, mm-hmm. and it's a good it's a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it kind of... Because what I like about it as well, if you, if you remember the animated bit of the Undateables, when mm-hmm. it comes up the program, it makes the Un the smaller to make. It, to make it yeah to make it dateable yeah like it i assume that's what they're trying to to prove because and um, we watched it going i, I think the, the 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 good thing about that show because i guess a lot of people kind of feel a bit like oh when it's something you know like feel a little bit like uncomfortable if it's something that's i'm um, you know like mm. quite upfront about being different but i, I think the, yeah. the, i think the key about that show though is that it doesn't come across what, I, what I like across. on a more general term is that when yeah. People probably feel held back by their condition, disability-wise yes. or mental health-wise, yeah. and they think something like finding love is uh, is mm-hmm. is a bridge too far that it's never. Yeah. There. And then you have these sorts of agencies, and you realise that you're not alone in this world. There's people with empathy. There's people who understand. There's people who have the same condition as you or similar. And um, you know, yeah. get the violins out, everybody. But <laughs> dare I say, there's something for everybody. Yeah. There's someone for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually believe that. I but do what I like about it as well, it's it's that thing, and we talked about things like you know, be things like body image or so whatever. It's you're really looking at the the soul of a person, you know, what's inside, rather than being judgmental on on sort of like 
disability or, or, or if they feel that they're being, you know, gobbled up by their mental health condition, that they finding love is sometimes somehow impossible. No, absolutely. You know I mean? so, um, so yeah, it's 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 interesting because as people know who've listened to this show regularly, I kind of have this kind of love love hate thing in regards to like you know when charities sort of um, make it genderfied like we had a a lady on um the last show who had a you know was talking about women's mental health and i and i remember saying to you that i think it's an interesting and i think slightly i don't i don't know whether or not people think about it enough when they sort of diversify it into gender related issues because i don't think although the things that only women can feel and only men can feel i don't think having a charity just about one gender actually helps the issue in some ways it may help the individual but i don't know whether or not it affects like um the way people look at it at a grander scale because i know where you're coming from yeah i still think it's um you know given the complexities of mental health and whether it's gender related whether it's age related whether it's sort of condition related it's good to have these sort of um these um sectored off groups which yeah. look at the individual yeah. basics of that. I mean, you talk about gender there. I mean, male suicide is, is one of the yes. news topics yeah. that's going to come up. So Absolutely. Up there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've talked about that because it's the highest in the UK over in, in the North East for, mm-hmm. for, for young male suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, it's a, it, it's obviously a very, very important issue. Um, I just think that's... In, it's a bit like whenever I talk to my mom because my mom's a member of Parkinson's in the UK which I've talked about many times on the show and I often have an, a, a nice friendly debate with her when she I say like isn't it because Parkinson's UK I think is I would say is one of the bigger organizations for for, mm-hmm. for um you know a, a, a disease or however you want to phrase it um and yeah it's it and I did say to her isn't it but wouldn't it be nice that we all had like a disease or a mental health issue all under one banner of like just one charity that helps everybody because by diversifying you're like kind of creating more of an important well, don't, don't we have that because i mean like yeah. time to change for example is, is kind of like yeah. a coalition and mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of mental health charities fall under that umbrella and um mm-hmm. if, if you go on their twitter feed for example you'll have people talking about um eating disorders or ptsd and um uh, I wonder male, male, male mental health, yeah, male mental health, and, and, and mm-hmm. so forth. Well, I guess it leads to another. It leads actually to a very relevant point I wanted to bring up, and I'm glad I remembered. Is I guess what I'm sort of hinting at is that it's very often the flavour of what disease people know about is what gets yeah. the money, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. But I, it helps if you've had a famous person who's had it, or whatever it may be, because it gets more notoriety mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. Because wouldn't it be nice if a disease that like mm-hmm. one in a million people get? Yeah as opposed to like one in a couple hundred thousand maybe um but did you hear about i, I read a fascinating article about avril lavigne did you hear about what is happened to her li- is it Lyme disease? yes yes yeah yes. and i i have to say i don't know what that is um <coughs> well de- depression and mental health is an offshoot from Lyme disease even though it's a more of a physical thing yeah um how do you spell it is it limes l-y-m-e-s disease isn't it yeah i because um i saw the article about her talking about it and saying that um it, it nearly killed her. Um, oh, there you go. It's a, um, it's a. So you get it from a tick. Oh, a tick. A tick bite. Ah, bacterial infection. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
And one Sorry, of the, I just one of the that options those, but is, is, is a mental health thing. Yeah. Uh, it was a news item I read out on, on the show a couple of years ago, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, there was a fantastic article she talked about. So it's her first um, album in five years or something, isn't it? I oh, she got an album out? Is that, oh, well, right. I think that's why she's... Re- I think the album is about that experience. Oh, I see, because it did... That makes sense, because it did say she hadn't put an album out since the year 2013. I read the headline, but I've not read the full article. Yeah, I read... The, well, the article I read was just about her struggles. It didn't mention her. I think it might have said her album at the end, maybe at the end of the article that I just missed, but... I was reading more about just what she said, okay. um, and she was just saying interesting stuff about having other people be a motivation for you, mm-hmm. and I think that's really, really powerful when anyone has any struggles in their life, is that, mm-hmm. you you know, the, the term being leaned on, um, I think that's relevant for a lot of mental health things, because I don't think, and I think that's the key thing, that I, I think people who don't have mental health underst- like don't understand that principle of the... If you're not able to do anything because you're mentally struggling and you've got something that's affecting your brain to the point of you're not capable, mm-hmm. then you need basically, um, you know, a, 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 to be built up in a certain way and have things done for you. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I think the hardest thing for someone to reverse that as someone who's helping somebody mm-hmm. is to find the right balance of helping somebody or taking over. Yeah. Because take you can very easily fall into the trap of taking over somebody, and as I point out many a time, if you let's take depression for example, if you're a depressed person, you'll just take what anyone gives you yeah. and not question it at all, um, because you just feel you can't do anything, and that's a very tough line, um, which is a good segue to my mom's situation at the minute, because my mom has moved to her assisted living place and that's kind of the 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 hard part that my um, parents are at at the minute mm-hmm. uh, sorry me and my siblings i should say about my mom mm-hmm. is to try and figure out with the renewable team that she's got there because it's a fantastic setup there and re- we're really happy with it um just figuring out what she can and can't do and that's a lot of it is you guys because you you really sought after didn't you like you looked oh, at all the places and you found a place that just i know and it's um so it's yeah. been fruitful hasn't it fruitful yeah and i mean yeah. she had a she had a bad first day of being there but I, and she had quite a rebellious you know attitude towards it which i i kind of jokingly said to my siblings i was expecting yeah. um because it is a it's I, I mean rebellious might not be necessarily the right word but just kind of just um, you know, shocked about the situation because I don't think they spent enough time preparing that and move to be honest. Um, but um, she had a much better day yesterday, and I got to see her, and she, um, you know, I think she's so slowly understanding what the situation is. And has the the delirium um, completely gone? Yeah, um, she still has a little bit of an infection, which is a sh- which is annoying. But I think it's going to be one of them things where it's going to take a long time for the infection to go away. The best thing we can do is control it till it goes away completely. The, the worst is over. Yeah, but she doesn't get any delirium episodes anymore, which is fantastic. <coughs> so we are hugely grateful. Mm-hmm. I even mentioned them like um, to see. Now that she's not there, I can mention it, I guess. Um, to St. Peter's Court, which is a place in Wall's End, um, they did a fantastic, fantastic job um, giving her a chance to you know, do things again because when we first brought her in there, she was completely delirious. Um, hence, the, that's why it's what it's named after. Um, and just didn't know where she was and all that kind of thing. And then it's now led to the situation where she has a chance to have a social life again. She's gonna, she's trying to get back into the fold of doing a Parkinson's stuff again. I mean, she's gonna need support, but she has done since she's had Parkinson's for 15 years or so. So, um, it's just, as again, it's just finding the right level of care that, and not like too much care that it takes over. 
It's a really, really hard part. And I'm, that's why I think it's powerful for me to bring that up because I don't think people realise when your parents get to that situation that you have to make decisions sort of on their behalf. And it's hard because you try and make the right one, well, but it's you never really should. Because sure. I think through um, this year especially, I mean, we, we talked about what a year it's been for both of us. Yes. It's like the two main... The two main themes we've we've kind of laid heavy on is been uh, debt and care. Yeah. Because we both cared for our mums. We we've been in the we've filled the shoes of what it's like to be a full time carer. Absolutely. And I yeah. think I think the BBC just today uh, this week um, the focusing on young carers, and I think them especially don't get the uh, the the help they deserve or the support they deserve when considering they sacrifice everything to look after, you know, be it sacrificing their education. Sacrificing basically the childhood friendships mm. and everything, yeah. social life. Absolutely. But you know, they, when they're brought up in that way, it's almost like they they don't know any other way. That's the that's why when you talk to a lot of young carers, it's like um, it it, it doesn't seem so surreal to them because that's what they've been brought up to do. It's very so, very funny because I would say in relation to my siblings as well because I saw the most of it because I was the last to leave the house when my mom started to get Parkinson's because she got Parkinson's when I was fifteen. <clears throat> Or something like that. So um, it's very, very funny to say that because this is what my you know, my partner, you know, see the reason one of the reasons I'm with her. She said some, she sees some very intelligent things sometimes, and she says she said to me the other day, like I think the reason like your siblings are, are a bit shocked when you say some things about your mom mm-hmm. is because you've seen it as opposed to they're reading it, which is a huge distinction. Mm-hmm. And she's absolutely right. Um, I think I've got so used to how my mom is and used to not having a long conversations that we used to have mm-hmm. because that's the situation she's in. But yeah. um, she's still there. It's just, it's just, it's, 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 I think, see, I don't have a problem with that because I look at it as, I think that's the most moral way you can deal with something like that, with particularly someone you care about, is to not kind of like get upset at what you've lost, but like, like be grateful for what you've still got. Um, because that's nothing to do with them and it's nobody's mm-hmm. fault and it's the, the fact of life, and for, um, obviously. Um, so I, I, I think I've accepted it a lot. So in easier. my mum's case, she's, um, she's reached the point now where she's going to have to make a decision about her, the knee. Yeah, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That point Did she replace the knee, wasn't it? Was it yeah. a replacement? Yeah. Yeah. And now, yeah. she's done really well since, but now, because of the whole kind of, now that that's almost back to what it was, given it's a, you know, obviously a new thing that's been put inside, um, she can already feel the strain on the other leg, so it's like, you know, decision time when it's going to be sooner or later. So I'm not laughing at what uh, you're saying. I've just got a brilliant segue because we have to take a break now and I've got a uh, We're going to play a song. song, Uh, Speaking of replacements, (laughs) here is the replacements. with... <laughs> that is so true. I actually have a replacement song waiting to be played. People um, think we don't script this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no one would script this. It's rubbish. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, so what I thought we'll do is we'll play a couple of songs. I actually need a toilet break. I should have went before the show, but I'm going to go now. Um, so what we're going to do is going to play the replacements with Can't Hardly Wait. We'll then play some ads because that'll take us to half past. And then just after that, we'll have Joan, uh, Jonah waiting in the wings to talk about the charity he's involved in. Um, and so, yeah, we'll be right back here on Mentally Sound right after the replacements with Can't Hardly Wait. I promise 
Castle Miller 2018 25th year anniversary featuring a massive lineup of international artists including Navin Kundra, Hira, Akram Rahi and Mesuja plus many many more also entertaining you for the full two days the Spice FM Roadshow also our food court Stalls Bazaar, fun fair, activities including a salt course and climbing wall. And this year to celebrate our 25th year, join in the Milla Parade starting at the monument at 12pm and going all the way to the park. Newcastle Milla 2018, bank holiday weekend 26th and 27th of August at the Exhibition Park. For more information, search us out on social media or log on at newcastlemilla.co.uk. same old radio sound <sighs> then you need vibrant radio spice up your life spice fm 98.8 fm
legendary song to get me through a, to a toilet break <laughs> that was Buffalo Soldier by the legendary Bob Marley I thought can't can't, can't you gotta have a classic uh, classic song on, on a mentally sound and and uh, I know it makes, Actually, it, it makes it really me, happy do you remember when we played Bob Marley at the last station and we played the live version <laughs> it went on, <laughs> went on forever didn't it yeah it was no, no guess, cry the guest was it, way, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I hastily went oh that's good I'll play that on the database it didn't say what time it was and it was an 8 minute version of No Woman No Cry live version and I just went I can't get out of this so uh, we had to listen to an 8 minute version it was a very good 8 minute mm. version but the guest particularly was not very happy because I'm going, I'm going to have to wait like another five minutes because I've kind of screwed up. Um, but there you go. Anyway, um, as we just mentioned, uh, oh, well, obviously, welcome back to Mentally Sound. Um, one other thing I forgot to mention at the start because obviously a huge thank you for people who retweeted us. Um, we are at underscore mentally sound on the tweets. So if you want to contact us, ask us any, any questions, you can do so through that. We're also on Facebook, which has also got the podcasts up there as well. And Instagram now. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, yeah, that was your big reveal last time, wasn't it? Yeah, so um, so pretty co- pretty cool. So the perks um, of a, getting a slightly better phone than the last. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We are now up to date. Two years later, <laughs> however long it's been. Well, yeah. Um, as I, as we mentioned, um, you know, before we got into the break, um, we have a very um, special guest waiting in the wings because he's very patiently waiting, so we can give him as much time as possible. Um, so Jonah Morris is here from Sustrans. Am I saying that correct? Yes, Sustrans. I was close enough. We're <laughs> 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 joking about me getting. Am I going to get it right? But it, but you said it. It's a it's a portmanteau word i know that word yeah, so um, the, the name originally comes from a mix of stable mm-hmm. and transport yeah um, can so i just get you to move the mic closer to you sorry because so, uh, yeah. yeah all uh 
all forms of active travel is Great. what we promote. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, do you want to tell us a little bit about like um, your involvement and also like how long it's been going for? Yeah. So, I'm partnerships manager for the Northeastern Cumbria okay. Strands. Uh, we're a national organisation. We've just had our 40th birthday last year. Um, so, we were set up um, in 1977 around Bristol, um, converting old railway paths to cycle tracks. Okay. And that's what people will know us best for. Mm-hmm. Um, so, over the years, that's continued, and we were the first recipient of the lottery money through the Millennium Grant. So, we got. Ah. Forty-two million back in 1995, mm-hmm. which then created a national network of cycle routes across the country that are joined up. Great. Um, and when you look at it on a national scale, it looks just like a, a road network, but it's yeah. for walking and cycling. Yeah, mm-hmm. almost like an orienteering map or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking of that. Like, you know, the like, clues on the map. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The numbers, you know, you need to I used to love orienteering. Yeah. I used to do I that know. in the Lake District yeah. and everywhere else. I'll just say as a quick segue, really? there was once when I was doing work experience because I wanted to be a teacher. Um, that, was my, that was my first career. And we all went orienteering and I was doing two weeks uh, work experience yeah. in Holystone Primary. I remember this very, very well. And my job was to just like make sure that the kids didn't go over a certain, um, like, because it was in um, some sort of like park right. like a really nice country park mm-hmm. and I had to just basically like the boundary the boundary for that area and I was all like you know so I was talking to some kids trying to like go oh right I'm like the orienteering had finished and all of a sudden I heard this noise and a kid <laughs> went into a whole like batch of nettles and I like got totally told <laughs> off for it because <laughs> we were basically just like he got past we, you we got wrong um, we were orienteering in Wales just very quickly and we, we used to when we used to find the clues we used to camouflage them so nobody else could <laughs> Yeah. Put them somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, this is wrong. This is wrong. Like two days later, the kids are still out there trying to find it. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So um, so you mentioned um in a broader scope, oh, sister yeah, yeah. and how, how, how so? And you mentioned your job. Like, what in particular does your job entail? So I'm uh I'm there to create partnerships with people, work with other organisations, try okay. to promote walking and cycling to <laughs> as far a reach as people that we can yeah work with local authorities to try to implement cycling walking um projects um delivery projects in schools in workplaces that sort of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because yeah, most people will know us for long distance routes like the yeah. to sea which yes. is from kind of white yeah. and time out but it's mm-hmm. it's more about walking and cycling for everyday journeys yes so, so yeah leisure cycling yeah rather than mm sticking some like we're on and going as fast as you can yes because um, I mean that leads to I guess an obvious segue of for example I know a lot of people and we're, we're sitting doing this right now is if you're in an environment where you're working somewhere and sitting down all the time I imagine an organisation like yourselves actually maybe get involved with like you know companies like office people in particular because that's the number one problem isn't it that you know exercising while doing something where you're sitting down all the time yeah um, I mean, sedentary um, workplaces are, yes. you know, it's, it's everywhere now. People yeah. just sit behind desks all day. So yeah. if you can arrive to work feeling fresh and energised having cycled in, yes. it's uh, it, it sets you up better for the day. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. Just the getting home part mm-hmm. at the end of the day that's a little more tricky sometimes. Yeah. I'm also interested in this the aspect of transforming or getting engaged with the community to, to make cycling and walking uh, more accessible. So how would you go about Doing that, if you see, if you approach a community and, and give them ideas, what what's the? Yeah. So we do we do a lot of work, <coughs> particularly around schools, which then leads to the wider right. community. So right. um, we've got some work going on in Northumberland at the moment around 
couple of primary schools where it's about redesigning the environment around the school. Mm-hmm. So um, school streets is a big thing that's kind of getting a lot of traction nationally at the moment where you get a lot of parents driving a couple of hundred yards from home to the school gate, oh, yeah. throwing the kids out of the car and then driving off again. You know, it's it's not that good for the kids. To I was going to say, that. is that one of the things then? You're transforming the school run essentially as well? It's it's exactly those yeah. words. It's as if you've read. Yeah. <laughs> transforming the school He run. might well yeah. have done. <laughs> Damn. Um, so trying to get kids to move actively, you know, there's, um, there's heaps of research out there about yes. if they travel actively, they they work better mm. in the morning. They're, they're more alert mm. and it... It's the obvious health benefits that it brings mm. as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of glad to hear you say that because, as someone who I'm, you know, and um, sort of touched on this in the introduction, but I've moved it. I've just recently moved in with my partner this literally this week. And but when I was growing up um, in my parents' home, we lived next to a couple of schools, and it used to shock me. You brought me back to that element of I used to just walk around the corner because that's where our school was. But the amount of people in our yeah. street who would drive their kids to work to get kids to school, um, I couldn't understand that because all like our streets lovely most of the day, but when the school grounds there, it's just like bombarded with cars um and i do think yeah i, I agree with you i do think but on the kind back of, of that problem. what would you say to parents who do that but might say that well we do it because we want to we're we're, we're being protective of our son or daughter and how do you counter argue that in a way that you know suggest to them that walking and cycling is just yeah. as safe if not safer I, the more people do it the more people it's it, it shows that it's something that is acceptable to do and you know it's self-perpetuating mm. yeah. to an extent. Mm. Exactly. Um, yeah. Each spring we run a national challenge called Big Pedal, which mm-hmm. tries to get as many kids walking and cycling to school as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and you always have in the the period following that the numbers kind of are maintained for mm-hmm. quite a bit, but then naturally <coughs> it always drops back to to mm-hmm. them being driven to school again. Um, so what we're trying to do is break the cycle of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and inform the parents about um you know the the effects it has on the kids obviously mm-hmm. the air quality issues around schools from cars standing mm-hmm. idly with mm-hmm. their engines on mm-hmm. pumping out fumes um, yeah which mm-hmm. you know for people with undeveloped lungs and organs so little small kids yeah you know it can have a, a very harmful effect yeah that's actually a very simple but powerful point that i don't think people actually <coughs> think about that when they, they think of the congestion they think of the congestion in terms of oh what an inconvenience but actually no it is actually probably as you quite rightly say a, a, a damaging influence um yeah, yeah. i mean we're, we're by no means an anti-car organization of course yeah people often assume we are yeah but there's there's a particular problem that's most people stuck in traffic jams are inside a car on their own. Yeah. So single mm-hmm. occupancy cars are are a big issue. Yeah. Um, and all of those cars spewing out fumes mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. isn't good for our environment. Yeah, and obviously Castle's got a particular problem. Yeah. With that as well. And if it's something that if you do cycle and are able to cycle or have a, and have a bike, then if it is something that's within a distance of doing that, that's a far better solution mm-hmm. than it would be, you know, jumping in your car and going to a corner shop, for example. You yeah. know, like that that mm-hmm. principle. Fifty percent um, of the population live within a mile of part of the national cycle network okay um so it, it's a lot about trying to inform people that distances 
that they assume are quite long aren't as long as they think they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're long if you've got to go in a roundabout way to get to the shops by car, mm-hmm. but it's a lot more direct, yeah. possibly, mm-hmm. um, walking or cycling. Mm-hmm. Sticking on the school theme, then what about after school? Because it's also been in the national conversation about that our kids are spending too much time on their screen on screen time, be on, on the computers, smartphones, etc. But I guess... Because in our day, me and Steve has talked about this. I mean, I'm sure my age, going back, you know, 20, 30 years, after school it'd be like, you know, knocking my friends' doors, having yeah. a, you know, kick about. Um, but That's exactly the same. Get the BMXs out of the garage. Yeah. <laughs> go for a ride. So is that, is that something else that you're pushing then, that they can uh, yeah, continue I mean, this the, after school? Then? The general effects on health of just sitting down and not being active as mm. really big problems. Um there is a stat that was published by World Health Organization recently that quarter of the world's adults, so 1.4 billion people, have a greater risk of disease because they do too little physical activity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this is a ticking time bomb mm-hmm. that is a, a, a global issue at mm-hmm. the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But obviously it, it affects people day to day. I mean, links in, I guess, to... It's obvious, really. It's not rocket science when you... It's almost on the news every day about, you know, the child obesity crisis and that kind of thing. I mean, going back to what I just said, it was almost like you wanted to go out and kick a ball after school. But now it's it's such a, I mean, we all, we talk about social media, don't we? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a good thing or bad thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it falls on both sides. But I mean, to then sort of like resort yourself to not doing anything because you're just going to concentrate on your smartphone for mm-hmm. like a good three, four hours in, well into the evening and then you're off to bed. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's going to have a serious detrimental, not just to physical health, but mental yeah, health. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a perception about the, the danger of cycling mm-hmm. um, and infrastructure is the key to yeah. solving that. Making yeah. safe, accessible cycle routes that people know will get them from A to B. Yeah. And that will convince parents then, won't it? If they do have a, a yeah. safe system out there that they know they can trust and therefore... Yeah. And particularly if you've got a parent cycling, it has a positive you know, mm. role model effect on, on the child to yeah. know that mm. it's something that is, is normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what Ricky raises is a fantastic point because one of the things that, one of the things that I find um, a little um, irritating about the human race is that when a problem exists, they just mask it with something else. Um, and the, what, the, what I'm referring to is me and my partner watching TV last night. And and, and I, I don't watch regular TV. Um, my partner does, but we were watching, as, as we're going to talk about later, the Indatables. And an advert came on for um, uh, a solution for your eyes... And I, and I was fuming because it was basically a solution to make sh- to be able to look at your phone longer because your eyes oh were hurting. God. Have you ever God. seen that advert? No, and no. I, I found myself going absolutely nuts going, the solution is stop being on your phone. Yeah. But these companies are going, found exactly the solution. And I bet you it's just regular eye drops, you know, to stop dryness of the eyes. And they're basically pinging it out going, we have the solution to all your needs. And I find that irritating. Um, yeah. But I guess to, to segue it to, to why you're here, um, it, is that really... Like, I guess I wanted to ask you sort of statistically is that like, because we were just sort of reminiscing and sort of talking old school, what we were like at school. But what cycling... As cycling took a hit, I guess is what I'm asking in relation to, you know, kids using gadgets and being on video games more than they ever have and all that kind of stuff. Is that, and also is that the challenge to convince them that it is worth doing that because it makes you feel better when you're playing video games yeah. as well, you know? I mean, yeah, I, I guess over the last 30 or 40, 
40 years, you know, cycling's gone from being a mass participation um, event that people used to get to work, you know, look yeah. at all the old pictures of, you know, dock workers going yeah. going to shifts mm. and it's yeah, just yeah. full of bikes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now you've got, um, you know, the, the desire to have a car and to for that to be a status symbol as yeah. soon as you turn 17 yeah. mm-hmm. you know kids want to get behind the wheel yeah. and and drive everywhere yeah so it's it's part of breaking those barriers down as well yeah, yeah. making sure that you know people know that there's there's other ways to travel that benefit them and the environment at yes. the same time yeah yeah you make a good point there steve because because <laughs> when i you know you were being past my dad's old shop at shields road remember? yeah 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 um, back in the eighties, when when he what, Shields Road, I don't know if you know Biker really uh, well, but it used to be full of cycle shops yeah, yeah. back in the day, and there's, there's only a fraction of them left. But what are they, what are they being replaced by? Phone shops, smartphone repair shops, and it, and if anything that symbolises this change in culture, it's probably something like that. Because in the eighties, when I used to go and help my dad in <coughs> in a shop, I used to go in the cycle shops and just drool over like oh. you know which which yeah, bike yeah. do I want, and now now it's like people probably kids are probably doing that in yeah, yeah. in phone shops. Yeah. And, but at the same time, you don't need an expensive bike. You know? mm. Yeah. So, you know, walking is a free activity. Mm-hmm. You yeah. need a decent pair yeah. of shoes that aren't going to hurt mm-hmm. your feet. Mm-hmm. Cycling, you know, you don't need a, a £5,000 carbon frame bike to yeah. be whizzing around on. Yeah, yeah. Something that will get you from home to the shops and back um, mm. safely. Mm-hmm. And has working brakes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it doesn't cost an awful lot. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, that's the thing that I find most baffling is because, yeah, the 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 twi- the, the, the price. Whether and you know, I mean, obviously, people probably get like you know secondhand cars or something like that. But even that, probably like five times as less in terms of value. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're probably going to get a lot more mileage out of bikes because they're not like, that expensive to to repair either. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, um, I was just, as, as you were saying all that, I was thinking, my solution is get a dog. Because <laughs> that's what I did, and I walk everywhere with my dog, and it's great. Are people, um, are people in, in, in rural environments and coastal environments are an advantage? Because I think they, I mean, we, we talked about before, um, the advantage that being in a green or coastal environment obviously has, you know, well-being effect, good well-being effect. But people in, in for example, here, um, you know, there's the traffic pollution, air pollution, that yeah. sort of thing. Are we are we at an obvious disadvantage, and what can we do to transform that? I know there's been yeah. there's the odd few cyclists popping up and now and then, but is, how much more work needs to be done? Yeah, I mean, to to achieve the step change that we'd like to see, mm. um, safe infrastructure is at the heart of it. Yeah. So you know, uh, you probably wouldn't get an inexperienced cyclist cycling down Westcote Road into town mm-hmm. and back again. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's a segregated cycle lane yeah. next to it that keeps them away from cars mm-hmm. um, and is seen as safe and well used then that's that's what's Do you think happen. urban roads though especially around here are conducive to allow cycle lanes because I, I used the phrase before to you like off air about Russian roulette where I live <laughs> I, I wouldn't dare, I wouldn't dare to cycle where I because you know it, it's ridiculous uh, you know. yeah. and we all know that not to not to uh, not to discriminate motorists, but there is a sort of a, an ill feeling from them towards cyclists. Don't you feel? Is there you know? Yeah, I, I, I don't buy that as much as people say. You know, I I drive a car mm-hmm. and I ride a bike. Mm-hmm. I'm the same person. Yeah. yeah. Who who does both? Yeah. So I, as a cyclist, when I'm driving, I'll give I'll give cyclists more space. Mm-hmm. But there's an awful lot of people who who don't and mm-hmm. and see them as a. a 
a separate species. Yeah, I, I they need to they need to realise that they're one and the same. Yeah, I yeah, that's if, a fantastically yeah. good point. Yeah, if you go over to the continent, um, particularly places like Holland, mm-hmm. you know, people will have been brought up cycling, and therefore you know the the rates of cycle accidents with cars are far reduced because people automatically see a cyclist as one of them when they're behind the wheels of cars. Yeah. Cycling's really ingrained in their culture, isn't it? I've been to Amsterdam. It's, it's yeah, like, yeah, it's like, you know, oh, it's second nature, thing. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's the but thing. But I've been again. abroad as well. I've been places to, like, China. And they really have an int- a good intricate system there as well. And the latest I've heard what they're doing, they're, they're actually building highways mm-hmm. specifically yeah. for cyclists. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm assuming we're a long way off from something like that. But what's the, what's the what's the realistic goal of having a separate highway or, or road system? I mean, you mentioned the the, yeah, yeah. the, the, the separate system that we have already, but we, we, we want to expand that first yeah. of all, don't we? I mean, the vast majority of journeys that people do in cars are less than three miles, okay. which is perfectly cyclable. Yeah. yeah. For anyone that, that's yeah. got a decent level of fitness. Well, even yeah. walkable and, as well. Yeah. Walkable, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so it's trying to shift those short journeys. You know, mm. if you're driving down to London is not really, you know, you're not going to get behind a, the wheels of a bike and, and do it. But yeah. Those mm-hmm. short distances just to the shops and back, mm-hmm. um, you know, carrying a, a light bag of shopping in a rucksack is is perfectly doable. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more people that you see do that, you know, it's, it, it has that incremental effect that eventually it's seen as a normalised activity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about, um, I mean, this just came into my head and I thought it was an... It, 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 just i guess a, cu- a, a curious question here is that um one of the things that i think i don't know whether it i'm kind of asking you directly because i'm assuming it makes a positive impact because i think it's nice to see is when team sky came a thing became a thing i see that a lot whenever i see any football and i'm just curious to know how much like because i mean i guess the re- what the reason i'm bringing this up is that a lot more cyclists are, are well known and obviously chris hoy's the the obvious example but um does that play a role into getting people more interested it, in it it must do i mean we yeah. had a british winner of the tour de france in yes Gerard thomas yes that's um, right who yeah is you know seems very approachable yeah um we've got more and more british um professional racers now mm-hmm. um, and it, it must have an effect on kids that's Tells yeah, exactly. positive role models, yeah. I guess. Yeah. The other, another question. Um, I remember being at a, at a fair, and I had, a, had spoke with the National Trust, and uh, they were talking about introducing schemes where you can, for example, catch a bus here and take your. That oh. some of the, some of these buses have like special uh, gaps either at the front or within to yeah, yeah. to put your cycle in, and then there you can sort of travel up to the Northumberland National Park and so yeah. forth. Do you have input on that as well? Uh, I mean, yeah, we work with organisations like that. Um, Buses are a, a bit of a problem in that you can take foldable bikes on. So if you've got, you know, a Brompton that folds up and put it on a bike, folds uh, meaning the foldy up, the, the fold, yeah, the, foldy up, yeah, fold what, fold up ones. And likewise on the metro, you know, you can take those on the metro, mm-hmm. but you can't take bikes. Okay. Um, it'd be a great advert for the northeast if, you know, a family arrives by train into Central Station and is able to go out to the coast on a metro and then mm-hmm. cycle back. You know, yeah. It, it has big. Um, I would have thought so. Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah. I really don't see why not. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess because this is an obvious segue, and then we'll ask, like, you know, what specifically your charity does. Uh, you know, in terms of opportunities and all that, and how how you help. But um, I guess the 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 key thing that I'm um, wanting to know about is just. Um, um, I, I, well, I'm kind of curious about you being a cycler in terms of like, is that something that 
did you get did the, did the your charity involvement um, got you into cycling or were you a cyclist before you started? Uh, I was a cyclist anyway, um, and I I noticed the the job effort and because uh, I followed Sustrans for since I started cycling. Oh right, um, and and that's that's how mm-hmm. I got the job. But um, yeah. Yeah, I've been a cyclist for a long time mm-hmm. um, and oh, involved in my, my local cycle club as well. All right. Okay, so you're an avid cycler. Yeah, North Tyneside Riders. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice, little, nice little pitch there. We mentioned uh, schools before and other... Uh, I wonder what other um, venues within a community, such as supermarkets, what more they can do to allow people to come in who want to shop and therefore you know, bring their cycles yeah, yeah. in. Um, having, having stands there... Um, is is a key one. You know, people should there be more stands? Is there not enough? Or what's your? Well, I think particularly supermarkets, you... you often get the odd one or two that seem underused. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if they're there and you can safely lock your bike mm-hmm. and it's visible, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to be putting them round the back of the shop and just leaving yeah. them against the fence yeah. unlocked because mm-hmm. you know you, you, don't, you don't want your bike pinched. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. With mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just cycle facilities. Um, is, is key. Mm-hmm. I guess because the, the reason I asked you about like your keen interest in cycling because I guess people listen to this because I wanted to segue it to mental health mm-hmm. is yeah. to say that um, you know because obviously it's the most obvious thing people say about mental health is the reason I'm pausing is to go well exercise is obviously a key characteristic of maintaining a good mental health mm-hmm. whether you've got a mental health issue or not it's good for maintaining your um, well-being and you know all that kind of stuff and I guess um just I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that and to know like is there any examples you could share of where you've witnessed sort of improvements in that sense and maybe yeah, somebody yeah. you've you know worked with and all that kind of thing um yeah I mean everyone knows that decent physical exercise is is required of, of us to to maintain a healthy lifestyle yes um, so, you know, 30 minutes of activity five times a week is, I think, what the government guidelines are. That's easily doable by, on foot or by bike. Yeah. You know, a, a slightly strenuous activity that get, raises your heart rate um, is, I think, what they're after. A bit of perspiration. Yeah. Um, and the, the the effects that that's, that has on mental health are, are proven. Um, I, when I was doing some research um, in advance of this, um, the Black Dog Institute, which is Australian, yeah. um, have recently found a study that 12% um, of cases of depression could have been prevented by one hour of physical activity a week. Mm. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's proper clinical evidence out there of the positive effects that cycling and walking ha- can have on your mm-hmm. physical health and therefore on your mental health as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm someone who can preach that very, very strongly. I mentioned the, the thing about my dog. I mean, obviously as well, I think that black dog must be, I'm assuming that's a reference to Churchill. Um, that's really called depression. I don't yes, know if you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, the black dog, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I, I just think, in well, my the reason, experience... It's the reason I do running. Yeah, the same I, thing, I know yeah. you, yeah, you're a keen runner. Yeah, um, it it just clears your mind. Um, also, I think it stops you from because I think the, the the key killer of like mental health, like sort of lying dormant, is isolation. And if you self isolate yourself, um, by just going out and seeing other people, and you know having fresh air and and uh, you know clearing your mind essentially, because I think if you stay in the same place for too long, you're just stuck in the you're stuck in the same yeah. you know cycle of your thoughts. You know, fantastic um, quote that I found, which okay. is. Cycling can't necessarily cure a deep-rooted mental health issue, 
but the habit of outdoor cycling is about <clears throat> investing in mental health and helping build resilience. Um, this person said it gives me time away from 24-7 digital communications mm. and a chance to switch off. Yep. You know, it, it gets you to engage with the environment around you. Um, it gets you to you know look up and, and take in what's there. Um, and I think that's bang on because in this current sort of digital culture that we live in, the, the perfect escapism for me, I think, is to do something like cycling, walking, because yeah. it's like the pulls apart in a way. So what what can detach look yourself up, more? Yeah, look up from the smartphone screen yeah. and, and engage exactly. with your surroundings. Yeah. yeah. We always like a guest that does his research. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Makes us sound like geniuses. <laughs> um, but, I mean, your, yeah. your point about um, running, things like park run, yep. which are yeah. taking up huge, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's massive now. Mm-hmm. And I think that came from um, the founder's issues that he had once he'd injured himself um, and kind of having um, if not mental health um, issues then just it it allowed him to form a group of like-minded people and then it's, it's taken off massively mm-hmm. and it's a free activity that people can mm-hmm. do as well great. Definitely. Definitely. great i guess just do um because we need to go for ads because we make sure we're on time is um because we've been it's been fascinating talking to you um just to mention to people listening now like how to get involved in sustains and kind of what stuff that you got do you provide yeah. stuff in particular so we well we've got a big volunteer network so we've okay. got four thousand volunteers nationally brilliant who particularly go out and maintain national cycle network great that's cool. Um, there's volunteer groups in the northeast, so just contact the northeast office and we can um, put you in touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the the positive effect of volunteering and mental health is you know there's there's loads out there that yeah. being part mm-hmm. of a group of like-minded people has a positive impact yeah. as well. Yeah, and I just want to be clear as well. I know we asked a lot of questions about cycling, but it also is about walking as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess because I mean I know we this could lead to a whole other twenty-minute conversation, but it's like. I think we maybe have not mentioned walking as much because it, yeah, it seems so obvious and yet people don't do it. I think that's the reason I wanted to say that now is because walking's obviously everyone does walking at some point, but they don't regard. I don't think people sometimes think of it as an actual exercise. Yeah, yeah. Um, Why not not get the bus? Yes. Yeah. Well, there are things like ramblers associations out there that do similar yeah. things to yeah. what you guys are doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we do. Mm-hmm. Um, we do Nordic walking on the beaches out on the coast okay. as well, which is kind of <laughs> yeah. walking with poles and. Um, walking a little bit differently. Oh, what's that thing called where the new concept of where you can run and also pick up litter? It's something you might know better than me. Oh, so yeah, there's uh, there's a group called Good Gym that we've engaged with okay. in Castle who um, do something similar. So we've engaged them where they go for a run, reach a place which is on somewhere on our network, yeah. do a good deed such as litter pick and then run back which is it, it's a great way so you're of killing two birds yeah, with one one stone getting out and active and great. doing something good at the same time so yeah plug that great out. right we need to go for ads now but I guess final thing um, are you an online presence and how do people contact you uh, we have we've got a national website which is sustrums.org.uk um, you can find the details of particularly the northeast office on there um, and we're on 
all the all the social media, media Facebook, Your Twitter, Sustrans any on, yeah. on Twitter, Sustrans yeah. any on on Twitter, and you can follow me at Jonas Cycles. Yeah, and then people listening, if you go on our Twitter, you can yeah, find. Yeah, we retweeted. Yeah, we retweeted you, so you can find you on there. Um, great. Uh, thank you so much, Jonah. What a what a pleasure. Brilliant. Um, Thanks. Um, continued cycling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> may, may the force be with you. <laughs> um, always. And uh, right, we're going to play some ads now. Huge thank you to Jonah. We'll be back with men- a bit a little bit of mental health news if we've got time. Um, but then we're going to play a song by the Ataris as well, which is one of my favourite bands. But we'll be back after these messages. Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need vibrant radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. The new food sensation in Newcastle has landed. Food Monkey, mouth-watering curries, delicious kebabs and grill, and all your favourite Indian street food, including our infamous masala chai. So whether it's lunch, a cheeky tea time snack or dinner, it's all about Food Monkey. Food Monkey, Stanhope Street, next to Hutchinson's Fruit and Veg. Search us out on social media or log on at foodmonkeyuk.com. The heartthrob of millions. The soulful voice from Bollywood. Arijit Singh live in concert on Friday the 14th of September at First Direct Arena Leeds. Tickets are on sale from the venue box office and ticketmaster.co.uk. A show not to be missed. For VIP and group bookings, call 07809-526-530. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Spice FM, 98.8 FM.
great song. Brings me back to my childhood, which is what we were talking about to Jonah, with Jonah about the cycling and walking. Um, and I owned an Atari as well in my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what they're named after. Yeah. yeah. Um, fantastic band. That was their most popular um, album called So Long the Story, and that was the name of the song. Uh, so Long the Story, yeah, from about something like the early 2000s, uh, which was shown, as Ricky um, mentioned, Salon is showing our age. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, showing my song. age. I, I, yeah. I am a good decade older than you. I don't know right. if I've ever said the story on this, just very quickly before we get to, but um, th- so that was the Ataris I just mentioned. And Chris Rowe, who's the lead singer of that um, about of that band, was the reason I picked up a guitar because um, I, I think he's unbelievably good. And I always remember the story of like I always think about the story when I first met him and I interviewed him for Unge- easily been on Geek Apocalypse. And um, I just couldn't speak to him. <laughs> it was just so like I remember just going, so it's just like it's it's him, it's him, it's him. As long as it's not know? a bad experience, because you know people say never meet your heroes. Yeah, I've been fortunate, and all the musical, uh, political heroes that I've met, they've all been genuine down to earth. And well, what I really loved, I mean, he was, uh, he, um, you know, yeah, you 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 kind of really judge them. This is the thing I think the key distinction people need to make if they ever do meet their heroes is to not judge them on a personal level because yeah. you don't know them yeah. um, you can only judge them on like how they treat you at the time and he was very hospitable he gave me 45 minutes of his time when he didn't mm-hmm. have to and he also mentioned that I interviewed him while he was doing his gig because he came up he was coming here out of Newcastle to do an acoustic gig um, at the, are they still playing you um, yeah uh, sort of I mean he's Alba and the one thing that uh, again I'm allowed to you're allowed to trash your heroes is um <laughs> is uh I've been waiting forever for the new album because he keeps like bringing out like he brought like four tracks out like four new tracks out a few years ago and then mm-hmm. said he was working on it and then I just he keeps like he keeps reissuing old stuff okay. um but he's kind of like making his money off just like going to do gigs in America so you know I kind of really criticize him for that because at least he's like doing a job he loves um but yeah just new content I would, I would, I would absolutely um, love if they did new content my, my bloody valentine one of my favorite yeah. bands. Oh, really? Yeah. That's it. And I'm like, Kevin, I, sh- Kevin, you gotta bring out a new album, bring yeah. out a new album. Oh, I'm, I didn't realize you were into them. Um, yeah. You'll be pleased to know, but also maybe disappointed. One of the I best gigs I've ever been to, I went down to see him in Camden, London. All oh, right. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I was going to say that um, I um, sold all my CDs and DVDs when I was moving out because I didn't want to take most of them, and I did. I got rid of a blip, my Blue Valentine CD. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I probably already had it. Yeah, probably, I know. Yeah. But um, yeah, you would have done most likely because if it would have been a well-known one, because I I'm not like I don't know them that well, but lo- I know Loveless, who they are. was it? Maybe Glider, something like EP, that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good band though. Um, but yeah, so yeah, wow, what a great interview that was for Jonah. It was it's really great, interesting. It? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so what we're going to do now is I don't know, like, because are these guys meant to be coming for quarter past? These they said from... between quarter past one thirty ballpark, so okay. they might come in. As I well feel like this is how it's turned out. So when's the guests coming in? Uh, as we're talking. <laughs> yeah, we need to segue to Sal do a prank call. <laughs> um, oh, is that is that right? Paul McCartney was on Stern recently. Probably. Because I saw on. I saw a picture, but um, because he's got a new album out. Yeah, I'll be interested. Well, um. He was Paul McCartney's been on Stern before, has he? So, yeah, a very long time ago. Okay. Um, and um, because when Artie Lang was on the show all the time, mm-hmm. he used to say that he thought he did the best Paul McCartney interview anyone's ever done, uh, and it was I think it was in the nineties. Right. I think he was a key rock. Okay. Um, because I I don't remember him being on serious, but but again because this is where Howard's 
changing his show to is he's got a lot more serious people on these yeah. days than he ever would. I mean, he's had people on it he's criticised for years. Like, I mean, he's like, yeah, hanging out with Jennifer Aniston, who he yeah. took the make out of the entire time. So, yeah. um, I find that talking about heroes, yeah, yeah. when they when they fall to, yeah, well. I mean, I, I did watch a, I did watch a radio show. Or, well, I said listened and watched. It was like a, it was a video version of a, of a radio show, and I watched Artie Lang talk about it on. It was on Opie from Opie and Anthony, and um, Opie said something where I went, you know what? I think he's got a point because he went, people have the right to change. You can't like kind of tell them what to do. I mean, whatever it's their show and they do whatever they want. It just means you don't listen to it anymore, and that's my decision. So, but if yeah. he wants to do go down that road, then he's welcome to. I know it upsets fans, or it, it does upset me in terms of I wish he could be the the disc jockey in us that he was before. Um, but if he wants to take a show in a different direction, he's perfectly entitled. But it's to. also the other aspect, you know, outside of the studio, because like for for years he slammed. Um you know, these uh, uh, glorified karaoke shows and he ends yeah. up being on... I America's know, got yeah, talent. America's Got Talent. Um, he also, yeah, was the king of, like, you know, the king of, like, of, you know, a, a destroying mainstream, saying I don't need yeah. them. Yeah. And it, it, people do think that that makes it feel like he's kind of sold out, mm-hmm. which I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I, I actually agree with Me that. Me too. agree with that. But again, if that's what he wants to do, yeah. um, it's totally up to him. But anyway, but um, it doesn't... And, and again, there was another... I can't remember who said this point as well, but I... I, I, I I read it online and thought that's another good point is it doesn't stop you loving what they did before no, of course um, so I ju- my solution is I just watch I just listen to old school Stern and um, marvel at how great he was like between the sort of late 90s to early 2000s I thought he was the best person on the, the establishment radio. has a funny um, knack of gobbling up um, things which are anti-establishment you know yeah. what I mean? it's sort of like a it's like this big monster that, that doesn't you can't money talks eventually yeah, yeah. <laughs> i really do think that yeah mm-hmm. but anyway so um yeah so what we as we just mentioned we have some guests uh who were waiting to come here so what we thought we might do then is maybe sh- um, fire up some quick fire mental, mental health news, news if yeah. you want or we could catch up I, i'll leave it up to ricky what does ricky want to do well i think for the past two three shows we we've sacrificed mental health news that's a very good point so let's do it now and then if they turn up well if we tell them to turn up um does david miller know when he's supposed to ring yeah i think so Uh, quarter to quarter last quarter an hour oh fantastic i was going to ask you to do that so that's brilliant uh right that means we should do it now then absolutely because we get through these right yeah let's do that Um, so it's now ricky with mental health news (laughs) smacking I think <laughs> smacking has been a topic How dare you. <laughs> abuse, it, abuse. It's been um, a it's been a national conversation, hasn't it? Smacking whether it's a good thing or bad thing. And oh, you mean um, with children? children? Oh, okay. I didn't quite get what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the aggressiveness. <laughs> smacking, Some smacking. Some um, weird adults. Yes, there, yeah, I okay. believe I might have saw this on because uh, Haley saw watched a clip of this on obviously because we were expecting is uh, I, I, I don't think that was just the reason she clicked on it, but she was on the Smallins YouTube channel and they were talking about that yesterday. So basically, um, yeah, psychologists want to completely outlawed now because they're saying that smacking should you know it, it has an effect on long-term mental health and save the children have gone as far to say that they still think i think they've always held, held this belief that it, they regard it as child abuse um the association of uh, education psychologists said recently that um 
that sort of physical punishment can have a, a negative long-term effect on their ch- on child development. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I think the key, the the yeah. obvious thing that I think that it affects is mm-hmm. it makes a person anxious because you know it's a bit like if you. D- I I've, I I always think this is why I get upset about cruelly dogs mm-hmm. because you can tell when a dog's been abused when you just raise your hand and the dog freaks out thinking yeah. you're going to slap it. Um, that's like the anxiety that just humans have as mm-hmm. well, and uh, I think that's the key the key point and mm-hmm. and. Quite rightly, if you look at any research about it, you can psychologically get into a kid's head and make them do the right thing without needing to do that. I mean, it was outlawed so in the mid eighties in schools. Yes, I mean, I, I was young. I'm, I'm old enough to remember what school was like in the uh, early eighties, and I witnessed smacking. Yeah, which, which I still have quite vivid memories of now. And you think, wow. And I was like, that doesn't even go on in my own home, so we get to eat out. But I know. Imagine, imagine, like if a eighteen-year-old was listening to this show now, and I had absolutely no idea yeah. what we're talking about. Um, you know, like you know, being hit by a, a ruler or whatever, maybe. Um, uh, next topic we mentioned male gender. Um, so male suicide. Um, it's at lowest rate in thirty years. So in like nationally, in this country, yeah. Ah. So whilst, but how? But the the caution of it is, whilst it's obviously very good news, we shouldn't get complacent about it. Of course not. Know, no. To assume that things are getting better, and you know that you know the, the message is getting through. Yes, to an extent, I think the <laughs> message is getting through. But that doesn't mean to say that we should stop what we're doing in terms of yeah. awareness and action. Um, so I've got some stats here that in 2016, uh, suicides in general, uh, five. Uh, just under 6,000, um, well, 5,965 5, to be exact. Um, last year it was recorded there was 518, sorry, 5,821. So not a huge decrease, decreasement. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, if, if it does continue in that direction, of course, we should be encouraged by that. And of those uh, uh, under 6,000 suicides, you know, as many as 4,383 were men. So that, you know, symbolizes how that it's two to one essentially in terms of guys yeah um so charities have said let well yeah good news but let's not get complacent about it and and yes you you touched on it before uh the the 2017 data still suggests that the northeast still has the highest rates Mm -hmm. it's It's usually the poorest areas you know very sad yeah yeah. Um, but although i mean i see this all the time is that you're quite right in saying let's not make any distinctions because you know it's a bit like when people say that you know depression is only when people are laid down in the dumps or whatever it may be there's been depressed millionaires i I don't really like that terminology to say that you know oh (laughs) also as well i'm hearing i'm hearing a frightening number of people online when anyone ever says something in a depressed manner and says like they're having a hard time Mm -hmm. like they always turn it into they they always ask it by with a with a negative connotation of like what why why are you depressed or what have you got to be depressed about which i think is such a horrible way of dealing with something Mm. it's like um if you because if you break your leg Mm -hmm. you know i know this is the common like thing but let's go with it if you break your leg in front of somebody nobody goes well why did you do that you broke your leg so um I have no idea what that is. It's not this it's phone. Not, it's not our phone. That's not that phone. So turn it off. Um, there's, an, there's another phone in here. <laughs> um, oh, it's that, it's that one, I think. All right. Okay. I didn't realise that was a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm not answering it. Whatever it is, um, because True. it's nothing to do with us. Um, okay. Yeah, it must be <laughs> like they have an office phone in the corner. Um, <laughs> we're we're going to take some calls <laughs> while I'm there. Um, you know, let's answer some emails. <laughs> Um, like an old school typewriter. To be honest, though, yeah. I'll be honest with you, Steve. Sometimes I fall into that trap where if if somebody does admit to me that they're depressed or anxious, I'm I'm almost kind of felt pushed towards to suggest has there been a trigger recently? Like has there been something 
to suggest that something has happened that made you feel it. Do you know what, though? Sometimes it can be, but that doesn't mean necessarily it is. Because mm-hmm. the nature of mental health, it doesn't need to be a factor necessarily. It can, it can, it's as um, spontaneous and random as, as, I guess, other illnesses, like you rightly say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why did you break your leg? It's like, yeah, it was definitely intentional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really want to be depressed and, uh, <laughs> and struggling, yeah. That's the thing I always say to people when they, when they say something like that. Like, yeah, I want, it, I want to be miserable and hate my life like nobody does. That's that's what makes it... it, it surely that makes it the most real as it can be. Um, I'm just wondering whether that might have been the office from the reception ring and seeing that the guests are waiting somewhere. Oh, maybe that could be what it is. Check? Yeah, maybe I'll I'll I'll, I'll just, um, just just talk I'll, for a few yeah. seconds and I'll yeah. Maybe. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you what Ricky's really like. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's going to go and see because um, we unfortunately don't have uh, our, our usual help. So Ricky's going to have to go out to see if there's any guests around because they were supposed to be here at quarter past. So that's why um, I'm going to just. Um, segue and talk about um, what we're talking about and while well, Ricky has a just quick run around to see if there's anyone here that's for us um, but yeah it's funny because I talk to my partner about this all the time about depression and various other things and I find myself saying that you know the the, the, the answers like sort of general society has are very like negatively you know dismissive and that's one of them you know when a person says oh well you know what have you got to be depressed about or why do you feel that way um, and it leads to my the phrase that I came up with which I think was totally applicable in the situation which is if people focus more on how things happen rather than why we would get a much more understanding world because how leads to understanding why leads to blaming somebody um and blame is not the answer you know you, you know you can you can say you know you can blame people in the sense of that you know they've, they've they've let our life life get out of control but then if it is an illness or a disorder how much of it is their responsibility because if you know everybody's you know pain threshold um way of dealing with things is all different so you cannot compare one person's situation to another you can encourage them to do better and if you ask a depressed person especially when they get well and ask them like could you have done better they're obviously going to say yes but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're avoiding doing better i think that's the key distinction um so anyway so yeah, that's my that's my um, filling in the gap while we sat to report down. Okay, because so I'm just I, I I swear to God, I mean maybe maybe this um maybe this, and I don't mean that disrespectfully by saying it that way. Um, but I have never even heard that <laughs> phone go off, no, and no, I have no idea what it no, is. Maybe. It's like you know, like a red button that we need to know what it does, and I'm Bad going, what what is that? What, what is that phone for? It hasn't rang since, so that leads me to think something interesting. But um. But yeah, because the phone that we have the, for the guests that is in front of me right now, I've turned off because last time, anyone who listened to a couple of weeks ago, it went off without us realising and we ended up doing a nice fun little riff about it. But um, that phone that you just heard maybe in the background, no idea what that phone phone is, what it's for. Um, you know, I was I was thinking if I... It might have been the White House. You know, <laughs> yeah. the phone number yeah. down, Downing No, I thought it would be one of them things, like when I picked it up and it, the bomb went off. <laughs> Might be a, what, do they call, what do they call it? The co- Cobra, um, Cobra, you know, the, the number 10 downing, the, the emergency. Oh, the emergency. Cobra, oh, um, yeah. I always thought you were thinking, like, you know, like the red phone in the White House that goes straight through to the president, like, from a different area, you press it, it's a red phone and it goes directly there. Well, when it when it rings next time, we'll answer <laughs> Yeah. It. And if it is a, a Trump sounding. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, this is Theresa May. <laughs> and, um, you know, can you stop bashing the government, please? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Steve, you have more a lot more knowledge on US sport than I do, but um, yeah, let's do it. So the next news item: Do you know of a guy called Jason Hairston? 
American football player? No, oh, if it's NFL, I wouldn't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, the sad news in this watch. case, that because the reason I bring this up, not only did he sadly take his own life, but do you remember when we talked about concussion in sport? Yes. Alan Shearer did, you know, talk about yep. dementia and, yep. and, and, and dementia. God's relation to heading in football. Yep. So the correct name of this, I believe, is chronic traumatic en- enfod... I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this properly. <laughs> Enfodalophy conclusion, something like that. Okay. But this player had suffered the, this condition. We talked about it. You yes. Know, the NFL have come, you know, yeah. been brought, brought up to this. Um, and he came out a couple of years ago saying that he uh, was suffering from this. And I don't know where... We, we, we just talked about, you know, suicide, if there is a trigger. Is it basically like um, like um, like con- like a concussion syndrome, isn't it? Where like they've had that many of them that yeah. it almost is like they can't get rid of the symptoms. Because, do you know, um, uh, a segue to that is um, sports entertainment. In wrestling, um, a couple of years ago, uh, the, the, the hottest wrestler on the planet, Daniel Bryan... Um, he um, had to retire because of you know, they found out it was because he it was due to multiple concussions, right. and then he got better. And apparently, this is what they're thinking may be the solution to um, re- your head healing is hyper hyper. It's called hyper. Um, hy- oh, I've, it was in my head like they were these technical it's hyper mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, let me think. It's um, what are they called? Like hyper hyper pods or something? That's it's kind of I kind of like hyperpods or something, and it's something to do. It's something to do with yeah, something to do with um, like you know, kind of like a bit, you know, when people go into like oxygen tanks to heal from injuries and stuff like that. It's apparently like a hyper hyper tank type thing where, and it's a it's a it's like a it's a radical new thing where, and he like essentially proved that his concussions were over by taken this treatment and he's now back wrestling um and so it's um, it's reversible then uh well that's that seems to be what they were implying because he went from being retired and literally not even able to grapple with anybody to now he's wrestling like he's never missed a beat um so i'll see what it says but he that he he was an interesting because he um he he mentioned how he recovered um um Let's put hyper in and see what it says. I'll just Google it now while we're on the air. See what it says. Um, like it's like a yeah, it's like a, a hyper like pod thing, and it because like um I know that like wrestler um uh, sorry NBA stars for example mm-hmm. they go in like an oxygen tank where it's just pure oxygen and it heals your muscles quicker. Um, and it's it's quite um it's quite um you know. Not it's not the easiest of treatments, but it if you can afford it, essentially. NBA <laughs> NBA players do. Yeah, that. Like Kobe Bryant did it when he done his Achilles in, and he needed to recover quickly because Achilles injuries like take and a long, long are time. Are we aware that sports players over here do the same thing, or is it? Uh, I believe so. I mean, I know. I mean, it's kind of like kind of a similar thing to I guess taking an ice bath or something in that sense. Is that? But um, but yeah, it's it's to do with just. Um, apparently with pure oxygen your muscles and everything heal like twice as fast right. um, but in particular whatever this thing that Daniel Bryant did was particularly for concussions that's hence why I'm bringing it up because okay. um, uh, yeah he two years ago got like medically checked by multiple doctors who said you can't wrestle again right. and then he basically got uh, done all this treatment got reassessed mm-hmm. recently and he's been wrestling for about a year now um, which I well, thought keeping was on the theme of sport um, yep. and going back to football, mm-hmm. um, we we last football we, who came out public was probably Danny Rose. 
But uh, do you know that uh, Marvin Sordell, have you heard of him? He's a current Burton Albion player. I know. He used to play for Burnley, yeah. Yep, and he also played for Bolton, so he's played in the Premier League. He played mm-hmm. for England in 21. He also played in the Great Britain uh, 2012 Olympic team. Oh, did he? Olympics, I don't yeah. know. Oh, right. So he's come out uh, public about his... Um, his depression and um, he's come out wanting to advocate that every football club has their own team of counsellors alright yeah so um, he came out in the Guardian newspaper and he says that uh, you know the PFA and the FA kind of really need to address this because it's becoming more apparent the players are kind of suffering in silence mm-hmm. he's also written a poem but he also uh, it, right have you got a pen and paper there with you uh, I don't have a pen yeah I don't have a paper I'll give you this bit of paper right okay <laughs> so I want you to write down this uh Write down you, you uh, bank details. What's this no. one? <laughs> write write down this name, Dennis Prose. Dennis with one N, not two N's. One. Oh, N. I put one. I put two N's. Sorry. Uh, prose. Yeah. As in P R O S E. Yeah. So that's the name, okay? Right. But it's also an anagram. Can you work out what anagram? I know it's tough asking a dyslexic. Yeah, yeah. So you read three ranges in the letters, isn't it? Yeah. Of. Uh. Mm. Okay. So it's definitely D. D's are still the first, and D E. Um, so what is it an anagram of? Like, what am I trying to find out? What is what's the anagram of? What's Dennis Prove's an anagram of? Because it's almost like his non there's a, a, a non diplume sort of like incognito name, but it's also a poem. Ah, is it? No, it's not depression, is it? It is. Oh, it's depression. Okay. <laughs> you know what it is. I'm thinking. You know what it is. I suddenly went. It's depression got two P's, but there's no two P's there. All right. Well, there you go. I got it right. Okay. Um. So um. Yeah. He. He's talking to writing to help cope with it, and he writes under Dennis Prose as well. <laughs> That's so it's like, um, quite ingenious. Yeah. Okay. So he's the latest in the footballers that's come out and talked about his, his mental health. and he's, he's still a very active player now, of course. Um, but yeah, I think we all... Yeah, I remember his name. Yeah, I didn't realise he was in the 2012 uh, Great Britain team. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it, um, in, uh, I mean, we've touched on this already before on the show many times in regards to um, mental health and uh, footballers. And I think it's really good that they're bringing out because um, we obviously talked about when Aaron Lennon did it when he was yeah. at Everton, now at Burnley. Yeah, um, yeah and uh, I mentioned to Ricky that actually for Mental Health Week they had... Um, Chris Kirkland, who we've talked on oh, here. Yeah. Oh, there we go. We got a guest finally here. Um, so yeah, great. Um, well, what we'll do then is we'll get them settled, and I'll play some. I'll play the ads and the music right now. So, um, so we bear with me. So yeah, our guests are here from the Sage. So we're going to get them settled. So we're going to just play. We're going to play some ads now. Um, get them all settled into the studio. So uh, we'll be right back after these ads, and I'll play a song by Ford Atlantic right after these messages. For the community, by the community. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Newcastle Miller 2018 25th year anniversary featuring a massive lineup of international artists including Navin Kundra, Hira, Akram Rahi and Miss Huja plus many many more also entertaining you for the full two days the Spice FM Roadshow also our food court Stalls Bazaar, fun fair, activities including a salt course and climbing wall. And this year to celebrate our 25th year, join in the Milla Parade starting at the Monument at 12pm and going all the way to the park. Newcastle Milla 2018, Bank Holiday Weekend 26th and 27th of August at the Exhibition Park. For more information, search us out on social media or log on at newcastlemilla.co.uk. 
sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. All my days are spent, all my cards are dealt, oh the desolation grows. Every entry filled as my heart is pierced, oh my soul is now In the oceans deep, in the canyons steep, walls of granite here I stand. All my desperate calls echo off the walls, back and forth, then back again. To
Hello everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound. Uh, sorry for the quick break there, but our guests arrived and we wanted to make sure they were settled and everything else. And that was Fort Atlantic with Let Your Heart Hold Fast, which is a fantastic song. He's a mate, if anyone's a fan of How I Met Your Mother, it was in a, one episode of that, which is how I came across it. And it's a very, very fantastic song. Um, so I'm delighted to say, um, as we mentioned, we're going to have a phone interview. It's with da- is it David, did you David say? Miller. David Miller, that's it, yeah. So hopefully he'll be around about quarter past because we've been trying to re arrange everything because uh we're going to play a song for these gentlemen if it does actually go according to plan but you know it's technology so it might not <laughs> <laughs> but also as we mentioned because we mentioned at the beginning that matt you were going to be on the show and also you brought a friend with you as well which is which is exciting so and um, they're sharing a microphone so we're going to make sure we'll ask them individually what it is that they do but they had to talk about send have i got that and correct the music spot program yeah. yes yeah. that's correct Specifically, the music spot program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So yeah. So I guess let's start with Matt. Welcome to the show. Hello there. How are you doing? Hello. I'm doing good. Yeah. If you yeah, just uh, move the mic close to you, if that would be great. Yeah. So I can get you to work. Um, perfect. All right. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so yeah. So I guess to start with, then, so you do you want to mention the um, send program and the other thing that Ricky mentioned? Okay. So yeah. Um, well, we come from a, a place called Sage Gateshead. Some of you may know it. Um, big shiny building. Fantastic venue. Yeah. yeah, it's a great venue and a great place to work. I actually um, worked there once, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. great place. Many people have passed through the doors. So yes. Yeah, it's good. Um, and we, um, we've got a, we do, we've always had an extensive SCND program, mm-hmm. as Gear said. Uh, and in recent years, we've kind of extended one of our specific projects called Music Spark into a program. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, it's a, it's a community music training and work experience and employment program for people with additional needs. Um, and it it basically takes um, participants through one-year training, mm-hmm. um, after which they can um, lead on to be a, a workshop mm-hmm. volunteer uh, and do uh, and be part of our work experience program at the stage. And then go on to be to possible pathways to employment as well. Brilliant. Specifically within the music industry or, or um, well, other things t- as well? Or? We're dealing with transferable skills, so right. we're, we're, we're very much embedded in music and our delivery, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but we don't... We don't ignore the fact that there's a many, you know, there's many transferable skills mm-hmm. that can go across the board. Um, yeah. and, and in terms of working with people with additional needs who are maybe on the autistic spectrum or have Down syndrome, um, things like self confidence mm-hmm. and uh, independence are, mm-hmm. are, are, are key. And um, we're very happy to have included uh, NCFA in personal and social development in our traineeship this year, which. It gives it gives it gives the opportunity for our um, participants to achieve mm-hmm. an accreditation that they perhaps couldn't achieve elsewhere, mm-hmm. um, and this is in line with um, developing their own personal and social development right. and um, also other things like independent yeah. travel and living. Yeah. And so, Dean, how do you come in all this? Um, hello. <laughs> Greetings. <laughs> um, I'm a, a project leader on, on Music Spark, and I've all right. been working for Stage Gated for about eight years. Um, and I've been uh, recently sort of uh, promoted within Sage. Great, uh, congratulations! Very much. Working across a special education and taking more of a, uh, a managerial role in that mm-hmm. area. Um, so my, my my work is sort of planning the the day, what's actually going to be happening, trying to tag all of the different parts of the day, the training aspects, the social aspects. 
um, the writing of music, who's going to be doing what during the day. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of more on the, on the ground, whereas Matt's kind of more overview yes. of, the, of the project, mm-hmm. making sure that it runs mm-hmm. with fine oil. Hmm. You lead a c- couple <laughs> of curious questions then, because you said about, like, you've been there eight years, did you say there? Because, um, I mean, um, I worked on Young Musicians. I'm trying to remember what year it was, but I worked at Young Musicians as a pro- one of the producers for you know, Young Musicians. That's the um, classic thing. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. Um, so I worked on that. Um, I was just one of, like, you know, the, the small producer people thing. I'm not one of the main producers, but you know what I mean? Like, um, associate producer. I can't remember what it's, I can't remember what tag they called me, but anyway. And I really enjoyed it. It was a great, great time. But I guess what I'm saying is we've been in an eight-year period, because everyone knows the Sage, and obviously you know when it first got built and whatever. And I guess I'm curious to ask, because I'm sure people listening to this would want to ask, is, like, how do you think it's, like, progressed over the years of you being there in terms of, like, you know, using the space and whatnot? Because I guess people think of the Millennium Dome, for example, and that kind of went full on deaf ears. But I always think the Sage looks beautiful, but maybe people don't know necessarily that much about what happens in it, maybe. Is that fair to say? It's more than a music venue, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, how is it changed, and think? everything, yeah. I think that's it's a really interesting question. Okay. For me, it feels like our, the, the public are... That's, I think, something that we're absolutely trying to make sure that that's the public are aware of actually what we do yeah um and i think well when i, when I started working for sage gates at eight years ago i thought it was a big shiny building just like <laughs> everyone else <laughs> um, but, uh, i don't know with the my small community people know what sage gates and are I'm an advocate of the work that we do and uh my world's quite small but it, because of it's quite small it seems like everyone knows what's happening and yeah. what the building's about mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I think um, I personally think that Music Spark have had a lot to do with um, diversifying our, mm. you know, our 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 remit in in, mu- in community music activity and and actually just having a face in the building. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the group that we lead it we meet on Friday mornings and um, they've very much become a very known part of. The, the work yeah. and life on Sage Gateshead, so mm-hmm. um, a, they know a lot of people from a lot of departments, um, and this kind of helps with the work experience program as well. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of looking at work experience in other departments, not just music activity. Um, but it it really feels like um, over the past few years, Music Sparks really become embedded mm-hmm. as a as a real kind of standalone program in Sage Gateshead that then feeds in with everything else and works alongside so it's kind of galvanized so when you help when you help um, people with additional needs is it fair to put it under the banner of musical therapy or music therapy or is it, is it a lot more than that or is that too no, easy is it too easy to suggest that it's, yeah that i well you have to be you know with, with like with respect to you know music therapists it's kind of they go through a lot of training yeah. and um you know do a very long hard degree to, mm-hmm. to get where they are and mm-hmm. music therapy is very different to um, I, I suppose uh, what we deal in is music and well-being, mm-hmm. um, but we're very much more inclined to look at ability rather than disability in yeah. our session. Yeah. Um, our remit and our um, our recruitment is through SEND schools mm-hmm. and and clients that have additional needs, mm-hmm. but we're really looking at what the skills are, not what the skills aren't. Yeah. And it's interesting that the because the, the ability before disability was one of the when you sent me that YouTube clip, mm. it was one of one of the, uh, the the lads on the on the course was uh, quoted as saying, wasn't it? Yeah. He also going back to the sage. He also said something that was brilliant because like 
It, it almost feels like you've been in, a, in an airport, doesn't it? The stage yeah. has that interior kind of feel about it. And he said, yeah. was it? He said, um, if, it's like a musical airport, but I'm going off in all these different exciting new destinations. I thought that was a brilliant quote. Yeah. Cause that's a, it essentially is yeah. what the stage is about, and isn't that's it? That's a metaphor that's coming from him. Yeah. And he's interpreting that building as taking them on a journey, yeah, which, is, which fantastic. is fantastic for yeah. us to hear. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, I mean, hopefully you're going to hear some of the music they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's so many other songs, um, but all those ideas come from from their kind of interpretation yeah. of what's happening mm-hmm. in, in their lives and in the session that we're leading with them. We bought you some stickers, by the way. The listeners oh, can see these, but these are some of the logos. Cool, we'll, we'll take them. We'll, so we'll take a picture and tweet these out. Yeah. Don't diss my ability. Music sparked my imagination, oh, and then uh, my favourite is look beyond the labels there as well. So <laughs> <laughs> stick these up in your building. We will do that. Too, That's yeah. brilliant. That's amazing. Um, I like that. I like that phrase, ability over disability. Yeah. Can you just give a quick yeah. insight into someone who you've seen grown grown from what you guys do? From so, I guess to use the kind of acorn analogy, what you might have seen them kind of feeling inferior not really kind of in in touch with their surroundings and i guess essentially paint a picture of, of, of how you've seen a person enhanced by what you guys do okay i can give you a very specific progression route that's yeah. kind of that has come about because of um some of our participants okay. in particular mm-hmm. uh, and it is now a progression route that is kind of like the backbone of the, the program yeah. um so we've got participants who've been on Music Spark for as long as it's been going, which mm-hmm. is 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was three people in particular that had started um, developing. They've been with us a long time and they've been developing a lot of stuff. So much so that like uh, we were delivering training sessions and um, getting insight from these guys into how to kind of approach some of the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were informing some of our delivery Um, It was then recognized that, like, Music Spark was a training program. Um, I joined Sage Gatehead on a training program many years ago, and at the end of it, I got a job. Right. Uh, At that point in time, there was no job at the end of it for anyone. Mm -hmm. It was just a training program. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so from that point on, I I made it my mission to go, well, there has to be something at the end of this. There has to be a progression route. So... (laughs) You know, we've already had links with the work experience program, but I was looking to something a bit more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I kind of looked at these three guys and thought, do you want a job? Mm-hmm. Um, there was opportunities that were coming up that were funded through youth music and youth music we have to kind of really kind of sing praises to because they've yeah. funded Music Spark from an early stage and it's, it's amazing mm-hmm. to have the backing of youth music. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they were then employed through... Uh, another project separate to Music Spark. Um, prior to this, we had to give them a role. Right. Mm-hmm. So we we job evaluated a new role in Sage Gateshead called support musician, mm-hmm. which is just uh, it's we started off as myself and Dean started off as project musicians, and it's a similar role to a project musician, mm-hmm. but it's someone who maybe requires that little bit extra support to mm-hmm. deliver a session, yep. but is very proficient and brings their own brand mm-hmm. of music. Um, community music great uh, and so now we have three people working as support musicians right. for Sage Gateshead who are, who are really kind of enriching and diversifying mm-hmm. the work that we're Dean you must have saw something very similar yeah, uh, yeah, yeah absolutely uh, one, one well uh, the, the responses I've get from parents is that like this has been one of the most powerful things that the kids right, have ever yeah, went yeah, through yeah. and the 
the impact that it's had on their life is being the difference between uh, dependent living and mm-hmm. independent living. Mm-hmm. And Great. Great way of ending because uh, we need to play your song now in order to get it in. I think it is working. I've just clicked it, so we'll give it a go. Um, uh, hopefully you can hear it. Uh, if not, I'll have to play this something is very the first, quickly. By the way, I think, right. Yeah. So I guess just to to end the song and then we'll play the song now. Um, is just how can people get involved who are listening to this? Uh, we're recruiting now for the new traineeship. There is a fee involved, but you can contact me. That's Matt. Sokol at sagegateshead.com um, you can look on the co-musical website uh, to get more information about Music Spark or contact me directly mm-hmm. um, if you want to become a trainee we'll be happy to have you um, just um, get in touch and we'll take it from there great stuff right and so can you say what this song is it's called Don't Diss My Ability Don't Diss My Ability was uh, yeah it's a song written by the guys um, it's got a really strong message behind it and it came about through uh, a workshop that we had together that was a real candid look into everyone's ability and not disability great let's see let's see if it works and if it does thank you much guys and if not I'll figure I'll figure something off on the plies but thank you to Matt and to Dean and this is Don't Diss My Ability Bye.
Yeah, I hope no one disses our d- ability as well, because we're trying the best we can, people, in a very jam-packed show here on Mentally Sound, right here on Spice FM, 98.8 FM. That was, uh, so that was Don't Diss My Ability by the, from, from the Music Spark project that Mark and Dean were here to talk about. And yeah, quite powerful, and considering, yeah, it's all based on, you know, people who have, I love the Sage, and I'm so yeah. stoked that they were on. Uh, yeah, because I didn't want to sound like, you know, sort of, um, that overly harsh when I said, like, you know, the Sage um, is kind of just viewed as like a venue for you know maybe classical people to go to yeah. or a little bit more like alternative it maybe mainstream and popular um, music yeah. as well. And um, but it, if you ever go into like the sort of forum area and stuff, there's like whenever I ever yeah. went in, there's like choir workshops, singing workshops and for, yeah, and, for, and, uh, and, yeah, and schools going and stuff like that. But it's it's, it's also um, symbolic of all these venues are, are making it accessible for all pe- all sorts of people. Great. Like you know we had some James's Park who do sensory rooms and stuff. So. Great. Um, so our our guest who's waiting on the phone right now has been patiently waiting and um, we mentioned in the introduction because we talked about this actually uh, and david will hear me now is we talked about um dating in the first bit of the show mentioning that david's going to be on so we're quite excited to talk to him about um you know dating and his website which is called disabilitymatch.co.uk um david can you hear us yeah i can can you hear me i can indeed uh, it's a very pleasure to have you on the show that's great, great to be on the show. I'm sitting in a, in, in a forest in Finland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said this in the um, little yeah. pre-interview going, can you hear me, you know, just in case. If the, so if there's any bears we can hear in the background, <laughs> I'd be slightly worried. Um, we'll, we'll, call, we'll call for help, we yeah. promise you. International rescue. Yeah, but anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. More, more, more mushrooms this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah as, I'm sure you've been told, don't, don't try them, whatever you do. Um, but yeah, yeah, so anyway. You need any mushroom once. <laughs> yes, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> once, is, once is enough, as they say. Um, but anyway, yeah, so as I mentioned, your um, the, the website um, that you had to talk about is disabilitymatch.co.uk, which is... That's ob- the one, yeah. Yes, which is very interesting because, um, as I told uh, David just a little bit quick, um, a context is that, um, you know, I met my current partner in um, through dating uh, websites mm. and whatnot, and we've talked about, um, you know, dating sites on this show in a mental health sense because there's some dating sites that yeah. use mental health for example as a and i guess i'm curious as about like was that the similar fall that you you guys went down with disability match and like how well, how is yeah, it different I mean, I, I, well we've been i've been going for seven years now okay and, and you know i think it was it was really just sort of trying to reach people that were outside mainstream dating yes I, I i knew some had some a couple of close friends who were disabled yes. in wheelchairs and things and they said to me you know they've tried everything they tried um, match.com eHarmony plenty of fish and they said you know the thing is that you get you get sidelined the whole time you're you know thinking should I at what stage in contact with someone should I mention that I'm a wheelchair user or should I mention that I have Crohn's or should I make and this is such a stumbling block because you know you mention it to someone that you're on a mainstream site and you know then they start really being the problem on it mm-hmm. and it starts making you lose your confidence and you yep. think you know this is not fair and you know you, you pay your money you get sidelined and it's harder mm-hmm. so you know with a site like ours Everyone on it knows that no one's perfect. You yeah. Know, if you if you if you meet someone on our site, you know they're not going to be like 
you know, absolutely 100% perfect in every regard. Well, no one's perfect anyway in the mainstream, are they? So it's you know, like but you don't, you don't have to hide the fact yes. that you're a wheelchair user yeah. or mm-hmm. that you have Crohn's or that you've got by BPD or, or any of a zillion other things. Yeah. So people, people feel much more comfortable from the get-go on it because, mm-hmm. you know, the one thing that is the big basis of any relationship ever is being honest, open, and trust. Yes. So mm-hmm. if, if, if you can be honest from the word go and say, hey, you know, I'd love to be in touch with you. I should mention from the start that I've got a, uh, I, I use a wheelchair or that I had a motorbike accident and I've got um, spinal injury, but in every other regard I've got this, this, and this. I work in IT. I do this. And, you know... <sighs> there's a good chance that they'll like relate back to you and you know maybe have shared similar life experiences mm-hmm. so i think that's that's the basis of it and we've got you know like well over 50,000 members now so it's obviously Brilliant. working yeah of course yeah it's a lot it's... of people a lot of people we get we get hundreds of sign-ups every week people you know come to the site and they because it it gives them a chance to date and get their money's worth dating because every dating site charges whether it's match or anyone uh, you know it, at least with us it's filtered through to people that are very accepting that you may have some sort of condition it might be bipolar it might be um downs it might be a, a lot of things yes. but you know you're, you're going to meet with a much warmer reception on our site than you will with um with most other sites. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a is there a is, is there a stereotype with this sort of thing, David? Be- good to speak to you again. By the way, I had the pleasure of being on your podcast, didn't I? Like a, yeah, over a year yeah, ago. Yeah, wonderful having you on. Yeah, yeah thanks yeah, very much yeah. for that. Um, but it's not a case of matching people with with their matching conditions necessarily. Because yeah? no, there's a lot no, of things no, that I mean, come into it, like empathy and stuff. Because there's you know you, you you filter, you go on the site, yeah. you list what your own medical condition is. Uh, you can also, of course, we get people that come on. They say that I'm just disability friendly. They don't have anything mm. particularly wrong with themselves, mm. but they don't want to limit the sort of people they can meet in this world. Mm. And so they're perfectly happy to meet someone that has, um, you know, maybe someone who's got a hearing disability or someone, you know, uh, with some disability. And they're, they're very caring people, maybe, and they they they, they would like to, you know. Do you think with this with this with this this initiative that you have is is that you get to know the person more inside because it's sort of I, I I'm 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 in the on the, I'm inclining that that with with this uh, you know when you talk about disability and mental health you you're kind of more reaching to the soul of the person because you kind of like yeah. you, you're not you're not sort of ju- you're not being as judgmental as what probably no, other sites are. This is the whole thing. This is the beautiful thing about it. Particularly if you've got you know we get people that come on to us on our site and they suffer from anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's a big thing. A lot mm-hmm. of people have anxiety, and you know there's nothing making you more anxious than going on to exactly. match match dot com or eHarmony or any of these that are just like full of people saying how beautiful they are, how wonderful mm-hmm. they are, and how much money they're this sort of stuff. So, you know, it only makes them more anxious. With us, you know, you, you can have anxiety. And with anxiety and confidence issues, it, it takes a pit on people's self-esteem, doesn't it? And and I think yeah. with, with the c- coming to a site like yours. It's, 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 it's awful, you know, and it's just, 
you know, dating is never easy. <laughs> however, however they make it look on the undateables is never that straightforward. Maybe. Well, just on the undateables, because... Um yeah, because uh, it's obviously very topical. The, the, the latest series is on Channel Four right yeah, now. I love it. I love it. I'm still, I'm still wiping my eyes for games. I'm still. Wiping <laughs> my eyes. But, <laughs> but how did you? Because you have a linkage with them now. Do you? Are you have you've asked, you oh, ask yeah, members so if they want to come on there? We've been we've worked sort of pretty much with them, you know, since the word go, and they yeah. they use us. They use other dating organizations and things right. they get people through us sometimes mm-hmm. you know and we're there to help them because we promote it and we we think it's great mm-hmm. and as i said i i, I love it i my, my yeah me and steve are fans of the show yeah, we actually, me and my partner actually watched an episode of it last night, so I'm glad we talked about it. Um, unfortunately, um, David, because we were pushed for time, unfortunately we've run out of time. Tell me, tell me, what do you want? Uh, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> I want all sorts of things, David, it's too long to talk. No, no, absolutely no problem at all. Um, all it leaves me to say is just, um, obviously they just go on the website to to subscribe and all that kind of thing. Yeah, disabilitymatch.co.uk. They just register. It doesn't cost anything to register. Costs nothing to put up a profile and to look around. And then, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to use the site more fully, then then, then we make a charge for. And that. you have a, you have your own podcast and blog with that, don't you? What the pod? You have a podcast and blog that, that oh, dovetails with that. We've got a very active Facebook. Yeah. Where I tweet regularly. We've got you know lots of ways to be in touch with us we're very sort of out there with the um with the market and with and then we were cut off. Hi everybody, this is Stephen in post-production saying exactly what I just said, that we were cut off due to the auto-record software that exists at Spice FM and how we get the podcast. Um, and as you may have heard in the un- in the implied sense of me talking to our guests and to Ricky, I was trying desperately to infer that we needed to wrap things up. Um, but our guest in particular about his dating site had a lot to say. Um, and uh, and Ricky didn't seem to get the the um, visual cue that I was giving him, you know, sort of nudging him in the, <laughs> nudging him in the ribs to say, well, we need to wrap this up for the audio um, and for the um, adverts at two o'clock. So, um, so apologies for that. But that's basically all this is to say is to say thank you so much for listening to this episode. I actually thought listening back to this, um, it was a really good addition. I really felt fun, and obviously this was after me moving and whatnot. And um, it felt you can you can feel the the, the lack of stress in me um, hosting the show. So I thought it was a really good addition, and we had some really good guests on. Um, what I would like to point out as well is the next edition of the live show is this Friday, twelve till two p.m. on Spice FM. That's GMT time. If you're not based in England, um, you can listen to it at spicefm.co.uk on on the web, or if you have an FM frequency here in the northeast, it's ninety-eight point eight FM. And you can listen to us live or when the podcast is uh, released, which will be two weeks past when the live show is on. So um, in two weeks time, basically. Um, so hope you join us for that. We'll be talking about World Mental Health Day um, and and the significance of that because we got invited to Central Library on the 6th of October where we did about 30 minutes of audio. Um, so I'm super excited for you to hear that because that was a nice uh, thing to be invited to. Um, but all these me to say is thank you so much for listening. If you like the sound of this episode, please do consider subscribing to us on iTunes. You can listen to all of our 39 shows, I believe we're up to now, um, that we've done in the past and obviously in the future ones as well. Um, you'll get them if you subscribe first and foremost. So thank you so much and um, we'll see you on Friday's next show. Goodbye. <laughs>